Welcome to episode five of Talking Green and Gold, where you two young blokes talk all things Australian sport. And joining me today is Eagles diehard, seventh grade premier bowler and topspin maestro Morgan Klug. But unfortunately, today Morgan is on the telephone. Um, say hi, Morgan. Jimmy, how are we? Yeah. Um, how, hello, good. Buddy. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, just... yeah no, you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, yeah. Guys, I'm, we apologise for the quality, but Drew's in the studio. I'm at home just because both of us aren't feeling 100%, so just sort of better safe than sorry and in the times at the moment. And also because um, it's also, Stu's going to Melbourne soon, so it's a good test run for when he goes to Melbourne because we'll be doing it remotely then as well. 100% Morgan. Yeah. Um, and me, well, I'm the Freo fanboy, fourth point guard and a podcast enthusiast. My name's Stuart Sterling. And on this week's episode, we talk all things Buddy Bags 1000. Australian tennis icon retires. Test cricket updates with Morgan. Obviously, that's his thing. Um, the Eagles play their waffle side. And the Blues are finally back. So, Morgan, I think we need to get into our first segment, Win of the Week. So, so Morgan, um, I'm in the studio, so I think I'll I'll go first on this one. Um, so as of time of recording, this is Monday, um, six o'clock here, and last night was the Oscars. Um, I think Morgan will know where I'm going with this, but no, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, yep. So um, last night at the Oscars, Chris Rock was performing a bit of stand up. Um, during the show and he made some comments about will smith's wife um and (laughs) will smith he's come out the crowd and he's given chris rock a bit of a slap on the face a big old slap and then he's got back to his chair and started mouthing him off um not really a, a a good look for will smith um i'm not gonna lie um look things were said by chris rock but that is kind of his job that's what he's there to do um, I don't really agree, agree with the way Will Smith went about it. Um, it was a bit... It's, it's just not a look, good look, Morgan. Um, but it's my win of the week because it's um, it, it draws attention to the Oscars in a way that uh, attention really hasn't been there in years past. So, I look, I think all publicity is good publicity. Um, but, yeah, whether this was a stunt or not, I think will we'll be the subject of, of conversation for the next week or so. But look, if this is real, not a good look for Will Smith. Morgan, thoughts on th- thoughts on that? Uh, yes, yeah, Stu. Um, of course, I did see that. Um, yeah, I think oh, it's not, I I agree with you. It's not a good look. And but I, I think I disagree with you in the sense that I think what Chris Rock said was completely out of line. Um, for those for those listening that don't know, Will Smith's wife wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, has alopecia, which is an autoimmune disease um, whereby she lo- she's loses her hair, so she can't naturally grow her hair. So, and Will Smith essentially, Chris Rock was talking about Will Smith and he referenced his wife and said, Jada, I love you, we'll see you in G.I. Jane 2, um, which G.I. Jane's a movie where Demi Moore, the actress, is like a, uh, a soldier and she shaves her head and so she's sort of... So I think it's a very, very inappropriate reference um, to Will Smith's wife because like she can't help it it's not like she shows her head voluntarily um 
So I think it's very, very average from Chris Rock, and he shouldn't be hosting an Oscar ever again. Um, so look, to be honest, I actually understand where Chris and Will Smith was coming from, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, probably, yeah, he, I mean, he had a bit of, he abused Chris Rock a bit, but I don't know, I sort of, you know, I, I think, because I actually respect what Will Smith did, obviously it's not the most, um, you know, sort of appropriate thing to do, but, you know, sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my win of the week, funnily enough, I was actually thinking about it, and I know, you know, they're not sports related, but, um, I was actually thinking that, I was, it's funny, I saw this today as well as Oscars. Not too much happened sport-wise last week. Um, we got thrashing netball, which we'll get to later. <laughs> but in, but in terms of um, in terms of my win of the week is that Os- that Coda won, which stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Coda won Best Picture, Best Film at the Oscars. Um, which I've seen that movie. Oh, it is a powerful, powerful movie. One of the best movies that you will ever watch. So if, if anyone's out there, go go watch it. It's already, it already won a plethora of awards, but it's now just been crowned, but, you know, the cream of the crop of, of the awards as going Oscar. Um, so I think it's a really good movie. It's a really, like, you know, gripping, emotional, fantastic movie. It's also good to sort of draw a bit of awareness to sort of, you know, the situation with, you know, deaf people and sign language and things. I think it sends a really good message. So, and that's, and that's the thing that it's one fortune, I think, that's not good about Will Smith is, but because Will Smith did that, it's sort of taken a bit of the focus away from, um, like, the code of women, which I think is a bit disappointing because it's really good. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you make a good point. You make a good point. Um, it does take a bit of attention away from award-winning movies and directors and such, um, which, look, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing, but um, I think old publicity is good publicity. Um, but, but, yeah. Um, look, I haven't seen the movie, so um, I'm going to add it to my list of things to watch. Bit of a priority pick here from Morgan. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. A, a little bit of Dill Buckley about this, but um, yeah, so two Oscars-inspired win of the weeks, which is something that we didn't orchestrate, we didn't really plan on, but um, yeah, it just looks like the Oscars have taken up the news headlines for the past week, I'd, I'd think, so yeah. Um, those were the wins of the week. Before we move on to the pressure gauge, um, should we talk about netball for, for a few minutes, Morgan? Let's do it, too. Right. So, um, last Wednesday, as some of you may have known, if you listened to last week's pod, um, we joined a social netball competition, boys and girls. And last week we did okay. I mean, we lost eight points to 11 against, uh, a pretty okay team, but, um, the the past week, mate, this was shocking. This was, we got demolished. I think it was what ten points or eleven points to twenty. Um, it was. Um, yes, yes. I sorry. Yeah. Um, cutting in here. Yeah, go for it. Fine. Can't see, but um, yeah, no, twenty eleven we lost to. Mm-hmm. So um, we lost by nine points. But I think in all in all fairness, the team we were versing was a very very. They were they they're, they're the best team in the comp and. Funnily enough, um, later one of the umpires I know she told me that they beat that team that we got smashed by last week. They beat the team they were versing after our game. They were versing the team we lost to in the first week by three points, and they demolished that team by like it was like seventeen to eight or something. So I think clearly the best team, and we're still learning the rules. We're going to learn the rules. We're going to get better team fluidity. I'm going to come into it. Um, 
and we're gonna we're gonna you know hopefully take them out in finals. I reckon, Stewie. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. I really hope we make finals because um, I just I just love competitive sport, which is um, something that. I probably shouldn't say because I'm not in a lot of competitions, but um, yeah, no, I, I I enjoy netball at the moment, learning the new rules and um, playing all these different positions um, and working with new people and meeting new people and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I really hope we make finals and look, they're a good team. Um, they looked about 30, mate. We're, we're both 18 and they looked 30. So I, th- I think we did a good job for um, the team that we are and who they are and yeah, I think we should be proud of that and hoping that we win on Wednesday, Morgan. Yeah, gonna, we're really going to attack on Wednesday, Stu. Might try to pull in, pull in some new recruits. Um, Ooh. Put some, inject some fresh legs into the team. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to uh, wait and see how we go. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that brings us to our next segment, the pressure gauge. And so as Morgan's not here, I mean, it is my turn to do it. Um, So 30 seconds on the clock. For anyone that doesn't know, I get the 30 seconds to describe um, what I saw in the week that was of sport. Um, Yeah, and then we'll just dissect what I've I've gone through afterwards. So, um, sorry, Morgan, I'm just going to mute you for this so I don't get any static on the phone or anything like that. So 30-second timer starts... Now, okay, so Buddy Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal against the Cats as thousands jumped the fence at the SCG to congratulate him. Ash Barty retires from tennis at just 25 years of age, ranking number one in the world. Josh Giddy is injured for the remainder of the NBA season, leaving the OKC Thunder without their starting two. The West Coast Eagles put up a strong fight after being the first AFO team to dig into their top-up player roster, and Carlton look like they're on the bounce after another strong performance. And there we go. That's thirty seconds. So Morgan, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back up so that you can talk. Um, first thing I want to talk about, Buddy Franklin's one thousandth. What are your thoughts, Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely massive, Stu. Absolutely massive. I think. Oh, crazy, crazy night. I was sitting, sitting at home, you know, watching it with the brothers and dad, beer in hand, and I was just thinking, bloody, bloody hell. Like this, something like this is never ever going to happen with the modern era and the less man-on-man um, defense and stuff. It's probably never going to happen in the modern era again, which which is a shame. Um, Buddy being the sixth person ever in VFL AFL history to kick a thousand goals is an amazing feat. And for those who didn't see it, which I'm sure you had to live under a rock to not see it, um, but the whole thirty-seven thousand people at SCG, they predict roughly around twenty thousand people went onto the SCG. So when he kicked that goal, ran onto the SCG, like what a massive mob and all that, you know, touching him, hugging him, patting him on the back. It, this was in the fourth quarter when Sydney were winning by 30 points. Um, so it's pretty funny, Stu, that, that it took them like, you know, it took police and security about 30 minutes to clear the stadium after they got Buddy off and they were to then restart the game. Um, but yeah, it, what an amazing feat and congrats to Buddy. WA boy, born and raised, amazing effort. Um, and yeah, it was great, great to see. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I don't think that ever happened. That would never happen. Like you know, you don't see that anywhere in obviously in Australian sport, in global sport. Like thousands and thousands of people in a stadium running onto the pitch. You sort of just don't see that. 
um, as much. But yeah, I just was in disbelief and in shock and in amazement. Shoot, how about yourself? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that's why I wanted to touch on the fact that. Um, I think footy's the only sport in the world where thousands of people can flood a stadium and not suffer any major consequences because of it. And, mate, I love it. I love um, the way uh, the people in Sydney went about this. Um, thousands of people on the ground. There are people having a picnic on the ground, mate. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> they knew they were going to be there for, for a little while. So um, they, took, they took the time to set out a picnic blank blanket uh bring out some food and uh have a bit of fine dining on the grass at the M- uh the scg mate we're never gonna see this again i think this is so special the last time this will ever happen um it happened when buddy kicked 100 which i don't think will happen again i think we'll be stuck at 60 70 goals a season for um for the rest of time for footy unless rules change drastically um but yeah look this is i love this um the images of all the people on the ground, the the heads up one from like the helicopter, mate, that's just oh, you don't see this anywhere else. I think footy's just footy's just a special sport, mate. Um, there's there's nothing else like it in the world. And Buddy Franklin's an absolute superstar for managing a thousand goals. And in your right, the, this sort of era where everyone plays zone defense and they're not just feeding one guy for the entire game and. Yeah, look, the way Buddy plays, it's just out of this world, and I would genuinely be surprised if we have anyone reaching close numbers to this, let alone a thousand. Yeah, agreed, Stu. Um, yeah, agreed. And did you see Zach Tui, Stu? <laughs> yeah, I saw Zach saw Tui yeah. give a big hip and shoulder to a fan running through the crowd. Accidentally, yeah, and then it dropped his wallet, and then Zach Tui picks up the wallet and then runs back into the crowd and grabs the fan gives Yeah, that's an absolute class act by Zach Tui. Um, yeah, you you can't hate that. Um, so, yeah, Zach Tui with the big hip and shoulder no. and then gave him back his wallet. So, I, I yeah, <laughs> through that, I absolutely love that. Um, and, yeah, as you said, it's just amazing because my last person to do it was, would have been Tony Lockett. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would I would have killed, I like, imagine I, I would have killed to be at that game. Obviously, that was in Sydney where in Perth, but if I was, like, in Melbourne, I think I would have flown up to Sydney because that's just amazing. Mm. Like, the, that atmosphere would have been amazing because my dad actually, threw, he saw Tony Lockett kick his $1,000 and ran right. on the pitch, and he said, he said that was amazing. Um, but Buddy was just so amazing. Oh, and did you see that the bloke that got the – Oh, yeah, did you yeah see the, the ball, yeah. I was, yeah. was going to talk about this, yeah. I think that's also – and, look, it's the crazy thing all from Friday night. You see that um, two Sydney players, I think it was Florence and – Mills, maybe I don't no, know. No, it was Warner. They, it was Warner. Warner, Warner. That's right. And they got they were on the other side of the stadium, and because of the big crowd, they couldn't get back in. So they had to exit the stadium <laughs> and then walk like in with the public, like on the road outside the stadium, uh, and just like people blocked on other sides of the stadium, and like, um, like um, Tom Longmire, Sydney coaches, Sydney Swan coach. Said he felt like a kindergarten teacher because he was doing he was doing head counts in the room after but after Buddy kicked the a thousand goals like oh you know because people were just everywhere and they were stuck in the crowd and you know there was police yeah anyway it was crazy but yeah you yeah, just you've got to love it but yeah the um the bloke that took the ball he returned it to Buddy mm. oh, I, I got a bunch of sign gear in in exchange for that but I I personally think that um. I don't think he should get anything, if I'm going to be honest with you, because he, like, I get, you know, he, he marked the ball, but he marked the ball, 
And then he went to stay in the talk with mates. The mates were like, oh, mate, if we shouldn't take that. And he was like, oh, yeah. So he got in the cab and went home and, like, just kept the ball at home until, like, someone contacted him on social media. But, like, you know, and he was raw with all that. He, like, met Buddy, got pictures, Buddy, got signed, jumper, boots, and gave back the replica ball, which is good. But, like, I don't know if he should have got anything because, obviously, it's pretty cool he marked the ball. But he should have marked the ball, maybe taken some pictures with it and stuff, and then given it back to, like, you know, one of the officials or given it back to Buddy. I think it's pretty average that he took the ball. Like, I don't know. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, look, I can see that argument, but at the same time, um, I, I probably, I probably would have done the same thing to be honest, Morgan. Um, I would have taken the ball home and, uh, look, he, he got a good package from it. He got what, five years membership at the Swans for free. He got a bunch of signed, um, buddy memorabilia, which is really cool with some boots, uh, a nice jumper. So yeah, look, I think, yeah, I think he's in his own right to, um, to exchange that for, for as much as he can get, to be honest. But, yeah, look, normally you, you give the ball back after you take it from the crowd. So exactly. I think that's, so, yeah, I think yeah, that's probably I, I, what should have happened. But um, I'm not mad at the way that he handled things. Yeah, I, I you know, I agree. So he got a very good deal out of it. And I'd be thinking, bloody hell, that's good. <laughs> and I've seen a normal footy game when the ball comes into the crowd, like security and stuff, you know, they get you to give the ball back. But I think... I don't know why. You know, I get it's Buddy's thousands goal, but yeah, I just think he, if it was me, I would have gotten pictures with it, you know, on the social media and, and given it back. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on. So Ash Barty retired from uh, her job at tennis, her her career. <laughs> um, she, her, her whole life. Yeah, her whole life, basically. Um, but look... I understand some players want to retire and focus on other things, but Ash Barty is not just a regular tennis player. At 25 years of age, she's currently ranked number one in the world. She's won Wimbledon. She's won an Australian Open. So she's achieved pretty much everything she wanted um, to achieve in her tennis career. So I, I sort of see it from that perspective. But um, and, and she's made enough money to, to comfortably live for the rest of her life, like easily. Um, but it's, it's like, I don't understand why you'd retire on top. Um, at, especially at 25, like I get if she was 35 and she's number one in the world and achieved all these things and God, now I'm, I'm done, but she's, she's just 25. She's got so much more to give to tennis. Um, but no, she, she's decided to hang up a racket and, and call it a day. And I just, I just don't see it. Like. Um, I'm seeing parallels online of um, Michael Jordan doing the same thing and switching over to baseball, but I think this is a completely different uh, situation. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the on the whole on the whole thing, Morgan. Yeah, of course, Drew. I think it's um it's a massive, massive thing, and I was just I saw it on social media, and I was just like. Oh shit! I was like, that is crazy. Like, you know, I was literally speechless. I was literally speechless because Ash Barty, who I, so I've actually met Ash Barty. I went, um, uh, it was, I don't know, it was twenty seventeen, I want to say. Um, but we went, you know, family holiday. I went over to Melbourne to watch the Australian Open, and the hotel we were staying at was staying like apartment, you know, self um, service apartment. Ash Barty was staying in one of them as well. We like coach and team. This is when she wasn't as big. And we actually saw her, her dad saw her in the coffee shop, and like she got it, she gave us all like um, signed balls and stuff, like tennis balls. So, um, 
yeah, I've always been a long admirer of Ash Barty since she's, you know, great for Australian sports. She's an outstanding sports person. Um, but yeah, I was in shock. And I think, I think, Stu, that, you know, it is a bit, it is crazy. You know, she, her, her, her winnings from tennis is 32 million. Um, but apparently it's way more than that because she's got sponsorships. She has sponsorships with like Jaguar, Rado, the Swiss watch brand, Vegemite, um, UKG, you know, New Balance, um, you know, whatever, have it head. Um, so it's crazy. But I think she had, she had a lot of money. She had more than enough money to retire. But it's in her, in her speech, she said after winning Wimbledon last year, she felt sort of like in her gut that she'd done and she, her goal was to win Wimbledon and that was sort of it. But then she powered on the one the Australian Open, which I'm so glad she did because the Australian Open is so important to like, you know, Australians and having the first Australian female tennis player win that is, like, amazing and the first Australian in a long time. Um, so I'm glad she did that. But, yeah, I reckon she should have stayed on to US Open, win all four slams and then off retire. But, um, yeah, she said she, 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 she's very coy in all the interviews she's done this week, you know, in reporters and stuff, asking, you know, Ash, what are you going to do next? Like, you obviously need to do something. And she was sort of saying, oh, wait and see, wait and see. So sounds like she's got something up her sleeve, but she's not quite ready to divulge that yet. So I think, you know, look, it's Ash Barty's decision and good on her for making decisions and sticking to it. That's her choice. But, yeah, it, it, it was a sad day for Australian tennis because she's an icon of Australia, a great character, and represents tennis in such a great way. Um, so it is it is a bit disappointing. But, you know, she's a great sports person, too, and she could go into anything. She plays for women's big bash. She played cricket. She's pretty good at golf. She's pretty bloody good at footy. She's an ambassador. She presented Richmond with their Premiership Cup in 2019. Like, she can, she can literally play any sport and become a professional at it, as is the case with the world number one in, in the whole world at tennis. So um, she got a new fiancé, Gary Kissick, who was a trainee PGA golf professional. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what she does too. But whatever she does, I think a lot of the fans are watching closely and I um, will also, you know, be watching eagerly on to see what she does next. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I just want to throw something out there, Morgan. You briefly touched on it. Um, she is a bit of a sportswoman, um, Ash Barty, and she does love the mighty Richmond Tigers. I'm not saying anything's, you know, out of the realm of possibility, but I would love to see her pull on the Richmond strip and play a few games for the Richmond AFLW team. Could you imagine Ash Barty lining up in a game of AFL football? Um, I think that would be quite the spectacle. And look, honestly, I don't think it's out of completely out of um, the question she's only 25 years old for example Aaron Phillips is as we've discussed previously in the podcast a former NBA champion um, she's now one of the best players going around so look AFO yeah, uh, is yeah. uh, um, a part-time job at the moment and I think um, the way tennis is and the way Ash Barty wants to um, continue living her life I, I could I could see that I could see Ash Barty um, becoming an AFL player yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, you know, Erin Phillips is 36. Ash Barty's got 11 years left in her. Um, and you're right, AFLW is a tight time gig, but when you've got about $50 million, all, all, you, all you need is a tight time gig. So Ash Barty can just roll up the, um, you know, roll on the boots on a Sunday Arvo and play the Richmond's AFLW site. So that would be amazing to see. And I think that would attract a lot of um, viewers to AFLW, which, which would be great as well. But I think, too, I reckon she'd be able to slot it right in, like, she takes, she, you know, you see her in Rod Laver Arena warming up for a Grand Slam final, and she's always got the footy bounce against the wall. So 
and she's one of the fittest people, you know. So I think I think she'd be able to maybe do the, do the skill training. I reckon she'd fit right in and sort of be one of the better players in the field. Mm, agreed, agreed. Um, we can only dream, Morgan, but uh, we'll, we'll see what she does. Only we'll dream. see what she yeah. does. We'll see. We'll um, see, we'll yeah. Yeah, so one more thing before we move on to the cricket, which I just want to go over really quickly. Um, our, our boy, Josh Giddy, um, our favourite NBA player, um, the Adelaide boy, he's gone down with an injury, so he'll be sidelined for the rest of the season. Good thing is there's only a few more weeks to go before playoffs, and his team really aren't um, in the picture for that. So, yeah, that's the last we'll see of Josh Giddy for this season, hoping him um, a speedy recovery, and hopefully he comes back next year with, with a bit more um, swagger about him. <laughs> hopefully making a few less TikToks and making a few more threes, but... Um, yeah, look, Josh Giddy's a great player, and yeah, OKC have found have found a gem, really. Um, but yeah, the cricket, mate. Um, Pakistan is it? Pakistan and Australia. Um, can you just give the give the listeners um, a little update on what's happening over there? Of course, Chu. Um, Australia beat Pakistan third and final test in Karachi. Um, so. You know that's yeah, that's amazing. So I predict so Australia won the series um, one nil because the first two tests were a draw, yeah. and it's a series of three tests. Um, so it's it's just amazing, Stu. Good on the Aussies. Um, I congratulate them. Um, and uh, Stu, you remember I predicted this in the first episode. <laughs> I, I said I said I said I think Australia will win, and I said I think Australia will win a test, Pakistan will win a test, and I think Australia will win the last test. Be, it would be 2-1. Um, mm. But obviously there were two draws. So, you know, that's almost, that's almost like, you know, each team winning one. Yeah. So I, I, I'd almost say I was right to. Because um, <laughs> Australia is such a good team. Kawhi, Usman Kawhi getting part of the series. Um, amazing effort. He, you know, scored 496 runs in, in three tests, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but he's just an amazing, amazing player really flourished um, on that series in Pakistan. And to think, Stu, that, you know, when the, on the recent Ashes series that went by, he was not going to play. It was only until Travis Head got COVID that he um, stepped up and then, you know, he hasn't been kicked out of the side since because he's just been playing amazing game upon amazing game. So it just shows you, you know, a bit of hard work and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people get given the right chance because of other unfortunate circumstances and they, and they do really well, Stu. Yeah. Which well, I think we're also, which that segues, we'll talk about this a bit later, but, that segues into the AFL with West Coast having, you know, 14 players out because of COVID, you know, mm. as much as it was crap and we lost. It was a great effort and it gave a lot of these young blokes um, in the waffle or run around in the AFL and, you know, like people like Aaron Black played really well. So I think, you know, this, you know, what, what's they say? One's me- one man's trash is another man's treasure. Think, <laughs> there you, you know, go. There's a silver lining in every situation. Um, yep. So, yeah, we will get to that later, I think, though, too. Well, actually, I think we're going to get to that now, Morgan. Um, you did bring up a, a, a good little point about um, your predictions. Um, speaking of predictions, um, we're jumping into our next segment, Just the Tips. So, Morgan, um, I'm currently beating you on tips. Uh, I think I'm beating you nine correct tips to seven. It's a bit of a shocking weekend um, for both of us looking at how many we got right. But I just wanted to review around two tips before we reveal around three tips. Um, just going through these really quickly because we're almost out of time. Um, 
Carlton beat the Western Bulldogs in something that you saw coming and I didn't see. Um, mm. The Blues are back. The Blues are back with um, a, a, a bit of swagger about them, mate. Um, blue, blue Matt. Blue mantles, too. Blue. Blue <laughs> Flag blues. <laughs> Flag blues, <laughs> mate. Um, but, yeah, no, this is a completely different Carlton side to um, a side we've seen before. Um, they actually look intent on winning the football and playing this team style that really seems to work um, against better teams like the Bulldogs and, and Richmond. So um, good on the Blues. As much as I'm not a Blues fan, I'm, I'm happy for their success. And, um, yeah, look... The Blues are going places. I could genuinely see them being a top four team um, at the end of the year. Bold call, bold call. I know because it's only round two, and they might run out of steam. But I, I can see them having a lot of success this year. Yeah. So I, I kicked the Blues. You didn't then, too. Is that? Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. That's what um, the tipping comp says. Um, yeah. 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 You tip the Blues. So next game. Um, Buddy's 1,000th. I tipped Geelong to win this. I didn't think Buddy was going to kick it, um, which was a bit naive of me, but you managed to get um, this one correct with Sydney. Um, it wasn't a hugely... Com- I mean, the game was competitive, but Sydney always held uh, a three or four goal lead throughout the majority of the game. So um, both teams were pretty fairly matched, but yeah, Sydney just... I, I think they used the... Um, uh, the momentum of Buddy's 1,000th goal really, really well, and that's what um, took them over, I think. So, yeah, Morgan, any any thoughts on this one? Yeah, again, Stu, um, as you said, you know, Isaac Haynes scored five goals, um, just great from the swan. I think they wanted Bud, they wanted Bud to get the 1,000 goals, and, yeah, just they look like a really good team. I, I see the Swans making top four as well. Yeah, yeah, big call, big call. But um, yeah, I could I could see that happening. Um, next game was Collingwood and Adelaide. I tipped Collingwood, so I got this one right, and you tipped Adelaide. Unfortunately, that means you got it wrong. Um, that 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 was that was an absolute shock of a call. <laughs> yeah, look, Adelaide looked down in the trenches this year, and Collingwood Collingwood looked like they're rebounding, which is which is good because the last two years for the Pies have been pretty disastrous. Um, yeah, they, they've got a they've got a nice little player called Jordan Degoe, who I who I know we're not fans of because of his um, his annex over in America, but he's putting together mm. some hell of a hell of a start to the year, Morgan. Yeah, he's a pretty good, he's not a bad footballer, Stu. I think his uh, character is pretty questionable, but his footy ability—that's uh, that's downright amazing. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, shall I move on, Morgan? Yeah. Next game, Essendon and Brisbane. Um, we all tipped the Lions, and the Lions did win. Essendon looking pretty disappointing to start the year. I, I had them um going top four. Actually, I thought they were going to be a surprise packet and um finish in the top four, but. Yeah, no, it it looks like things just aren't going their way. The Bombers, um, bit of a lack of intensity and this and that. But Brisbane are a good team, so um, don't write the Bombers off just yet. Brisbane are a very solid team. We both got that tip right. Um, game after that was Port Adelaide and Hawthorne in an absolute stinker for Port. Um, they got clobbered. They got clobbered, Morgan, by um, by the mighty Hawks. Do you have anything to say about this one? Absolutely, absolutely clubbered, Stu. I think 
Oh, did you tip port? I tipped port. Yeah, we all tipped port. Yeah, yeah. That was shocking. I think I don't know. Hawthorne, disappointing player because two of my predictions, I said Port Adelaide are going to win the flag. I don't know how they're going. Look, no, no, they had a bad game. Last on the ladder, mate. Last, eighteenth. Far out, my house too. Oh, Yeah, there you go. Um, but Hawthorne just—they were all over them, too. Just all over them. Yeah, so, yeah not much, not much, not much else to say there, really. No. Nah. So next game was Melbourne and Gold Coast. We both tipped Melbourne. Um, we got that right. Um, in a tighter game than I think we saw coming, um, Gold Coast showed up. I think they they're a sneaky little smoky team that might get a few um, upset wins this year. The Gold Coast Suns. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a surprisingly good team. I think so. Yeah, Melbourne struggled to deal with them, but. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne ultimately got, got the Chockeys, which was um, expected, really, as we both did Melbourne. I think that, um, yeah, I think Gold Coast might slide into the eight, you know, because they, they look really good against us, the Eagles, last week. And, yeah, Melbourne's still getting the job done. But, um, yeah, it was, I think, closer than, yeah, we expected. Yeah, 100%. So next game, look, mate, um, I'm not sure if this goes against the rules or anything, <laughs> but on the podcast, I did tip West Coast to win, but then the team sheets came out and I uh, went back to my computer and I changed my tip to North Melbourne, um, which, look, I was right, but I felt a little bit guilty about it. Um, yeah, um, with the team West Coast fielded, I didn't really see much hope for them. But to their credit, they played. Um, they probably played a bit up their pay grade. I think they played better than people expected them to. So, um yeah, it's another week where the Eagles were hit by COVID and injuries and not having enough players and this and that. And I actually think they showed up, the Eagles. So um, yeah. when their full team comes back, I think they're a good chance to take out some, some better teams, West Coast. Yeah, yes, yeah, true. 100% agree with you. Um, look, we, we had – there was 14 flag out because of COVID. Um so I mean, it's just crazy. So we had we get five top up, four or five top up, five top up plays um, from the waffle, and you know Adam Simpson was saying during the week that he hadn't even met some of these kids before. They had never <laughs> stepped foot on Eagles premises, hadn't met him, hadn't met the other players. So for them to come on three days' notice is commendable. And for us, I think that game, the most thing is, it's pretty worrying from North that North, you know, we missed Eagles, we missed a lot of scoring shots. Jack Darling, he was shocking. He kicked a snap, which should have been a drop punt from about 20 metres out. And if he had kicked that goal, we would have been one, like two yards down with eight minutes to go. So then we could have won it. Anyway, Jack Darling, he played you know, sh- shocking as it was worse than I think he's ever played. Um, he just wasn't fit enough. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, we didn't have many players, so he sort of had to play. Um, but yeah, we, you know, I think we almost won the game. So I think it's pretty boring if I was a North fan too, that they could barely put us away with a, with a team that, you know, had 14 of our main players out. Uh, we had five players who hadn't even played our footy before. And then a lot of our other players were like bottom now list players who wouldn't probably get a game in the normal weeks anyway. Yeah. So, um, Oh, and but Hagrid was really early too. Yeah, yeah, he he showed up big time. He he proved why um, the Eagles really wanted to keep him around for um, that lengthy suspension. And yeah, I I think he showed up North Melbourne's. Well, he played midfield and forward. He kicked what yeah. four or five goals. So yeah, he. 
he looks damaging, I think, Morgan. Sneaky AA selection coming at the end of the year. Yeah, it's true. I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think when the whole suspension stuff and him being suspended to, you know, a lot of off-field stuff with the, you know, different things and, like, the, you know, the anti-doping tests and the drugs and things like that, he, I was a bit sceptical. I thought, you know, maybe we're Eagles and bring him back, bad attitude, and he's not going to play well, I'm fit. But he's proved me, he's proved a lot of other Eagles fans wrong. He's turned up, he's gotten fit, he's given his all to the team, and he is playing, you know, he was our best player out there, along with Jeremy McGovern on Sunday. So, well done, really. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, the next game was GWS and Richmond, and I believe we both tipped GWS and got this one incorrect. Um... Yeah, I didn't see Richmond bouncing back from last week, but um, they did. They showed up, and GWS were a bit a bit behind the eight ball, I think. Just a little bit um, flat, I think. And, yeah, Richmond, when Richmond turn it on, there's very few teams that can match them. So, yeah, look for Richmond to have a few more upsets against um, formerly pretty good teams like GWS. So, yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I Oh, I agree with you, I did not see that coming, but yeah, Richmond, sounds like they've got a bit of fight left in them, and, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Pretty poor from GWS. Uh, um, but yeah, and Dusty, he, I saw something on social media today that, you know, he's taking first to time off his league considering his footy career. Mm. So, um, yeah, that'd, that'd be a shame because he's a very good player. Yeah, well, Dusty Martin out, Ash Barty in. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, so on to the last game of the round, Fremantle and St Kilda. Mate, I was at this game. This was um, probably the worst game I've ever attended as a Dockers fan, and that's saying a lot because I've been a member since 2013, and I've seen shocking years like 2016. So, mate, we just... I don't know where to point it. Everything was off about this game. Um, no one could kick. No one could mark. No one could handball um our game plan look it looked promising in the first half when um our plays were linking up but then as St. Kilda zoned off and started manning up properly and playing good defense um our kicking game does not work we cannot kick to one of our teammates even if they're 15 meters away and our decision making needs help and oh mate I'm it's a bad week to be a Dockers fan but there's one guy I want to talk about and his name's Andrew Brayshaw mate he had 40 touches 10 marks 8 tackles I believe it was and he pulled over 180 fantasy points which is the biggest this year to date so yeah I think we've got a our future captain sorted but yeah the team is just shocking yeah Morgan you jump in yeah, um, yeah, I was, I you know, 173 and green tennis score, which is just crazy. I didn't have him in my team, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I, didn't watch, I watched a bit of this game. I was a bit disappointed for Cleo at home, lost. But, um, yeah, the doctor's not looking good. What do you reckon, Stu? Do, do you reckon, how like, are they going to bounce back from here? Um, oh, I don't think so. I think Walters and Sean Darcy are not going to be playing against the Eagles. So I think you guys are going to get up in us a fair bit. Um, but that brings us to around three tips, which we have to go through. Um, we only have five minutes left in the booth, so we've got to make this quick. So first game of the round, Bulldogs, Swans. Who have you got? Swans by three. I've got Doggies by eight. Melbourne, Essendon. I've got Melbourne. I've got Melbourne, two. Crows, Port. I've got Port. I've got Port 2, but I wouldn't be surprised if Adelaide um, won that one. Next game, Giants-Suns. Who have you got? 
got Giants. So, yeah, Gold Coast could be smoky there, though. Yeah, I, I think Gold Coast could be a nice little smoky in this game. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they won. I've also got Giants, though. Um, Collingwood, Geelong. I've got Geelong. I think they're just going to be too powerful for Collingwood. Yep, yep. Um, disagree on that one. I've got Collingwood um, in a bit of an upset. They've gone pretty well this year, so I've got them. Lions North. Yeah, I've got Lions too. There's no way. I think it's, you know, it's very, I think I'd be, it'd be about, just about the upset of the year so far as North beat Lions, especially yeah. the Gabbert, the Lions home. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got Lions too. I could see this being a triple-figure blowout for the Lions. Um, Carlton Hawthorne. Carlton Street, flag blues, as we're saying. Um, <laughs> flag blues. Yeah, at, at, at the G, you know, Danny Goins will be there setting his tone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've also got Carlton, but the way Hawthorne were playing last week, wouldn't be surprised if they got up either. Um, St. Kilda, Richmond. I've got St Kilda. Might be a bit unpopular, but I think mm. that it's at Marvel, St Kilda's home. I think Richmond just very often on. So I've just got a feeling St Kilda will get the job done. Yeah, 100%. I disagree. I think St Kilda was shocking against us. We were just a bit worse. Um, Richmond will win this one for me. And, of course, first Western Derby for the year. Who have you got? Gee, I've got the Eagles, of course. Um, according to the AFL kicking, 32%. On Eagles, sixty-eight on Fremantle. So yeah, the, 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 the odds haven't come out yet on Sportsnet, which is odd. But um, no, I think you know, I'd rarely, I rarely tip against Eagles. I was very, I was so close to doing it last week against North, um, but and I didn't, which you know they lost, but they got very close. So um, now I'm going with Eagles. Too. I think as much as you know, we, a lot of players coming back from COVID, the seven days isolation. Hopefully, a lot of them will be fit enough to play. A lot, of, a lot of players coming back, you know, it's at home or it's at home, it's at home for both of us. But it's, it's an Eagles home game. Um, I, you know, I see the Eagles, you know, winning yet another Western Derby. Yeah, look, um, I'm unfortunately going to have to agree with you and tip the Eagles here. I think we're going to be too too poor, I reckon. We were poor both, both week one and week two. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to tip the Eagles on this one. Go against the popular opinion. Right, so... With two minutes left in the booth, last question of, well, last segment, really. We've got a question here on Instagram from Drinking with Jordan Clark Instagram page. Funny meme page. Check him out if you've got the time. Um, he asked, for clubs like GWS, Fremantle, Goko, Suns, has the pressure of them making finals become a factor to why they can't make it? Morgan, really quickly, do you think that's quickly a factor? Should. I think that change is a factor. You know, the new AFL, the new clubs, they feel brought in and there's a lot of pressure on them to perform. They don't have that sort of history behind them. So I think, you know, that Griffin Jordan Clark, he's got a bit of a point there. So, you know, hopefully make the teams get over that and they're able to win. But I think that is potentially a factor holding them back a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, yeah, same goes with Carlton, but I think they've, they've figured it out. But yeah, I, I agree. I think things like that um, really do hold a grip on football teams. Um, but yeah, look, that's going to do it for episode five of Talking Green and Gold. Um, have some stuff coming out on Instagram. Check out that, my player power rankings. You will not get access to that in the podcast, so follow our Instagram. Um, and we have some clothing coming very soon, not for general public yet, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see with that one, Morgan. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, sure. We'll see. Potentially in the future, see what, yeah. you know, see what happens. 
Um, but yeah, no, thanks, thanks for listening tonight. Guys, we appreciate the support. And um, yeah, it was a good episode tonight, too, even though it was remotely for us. I felt like it was pretty good. So um, yep. thanks, guys. See ya. All right, Thank cheers. You. See you next week. Bye.